the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs, a local community faith program from 100.7. The Word. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Hope that you're doing well on this Monday afternoon. Thanks for joining me. Crosswalk, we've got several different formats. First, I'm a local pastor And this is a local show for Colorado Springs in Southern Colorado. So thanks so much uh, for joining me. Sometimes we take questions and answers, and then other times we have guests. And then sometimes I just share some things uh, that are on my heart. I pastor right here in the central part of the city at Austin Bluffs and Academy. Colorado Springs has been my home now for 23 years, and my four kids have been born here. So this is definitely my home. I love this city, love what God is doing in the midst of uh, this uh, city. Today, I want to focus on like, what does it really mean for us uh, to be made in God's image? I've recently been teaching through the gospel of Luke and came along this section in Luke 20. It's the last week of Jesus's life. He's going to the temple to teach and he is under a lot of scrutiny. They're trying to trap him in his words to build a case for his crucifixion. The Jews don't have the ability to practice capital punishment, so they have to build a case to turn Jesus over to the Romans, to Pilate. And in the midst of Jesus being questioned, he really shines. He, he shows his brilliance, that he's God, that he's the pure and spotless lamb, that nothing compares to Christ, nothing come close to him in any way, shape, or form. This is the question that they throw at Jesus to try to trap him. Interestingly enough, it's about taxes. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be righteous, that they may seize on his words in order to deliver him to the power and the authority of the governor. Then they asked him saying, teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly and do not show personal favoritism but teach the way of God in truth. This is not a genuine compliment at all, nor is it going to be a genuine question. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Why do you test me? Show me a denarius. Whose image and inscription does it have? They answered and said, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. But they couldn't catch him in his words in the presence of the people, and they marveled at his answer and kept silent. Asking, do we pay taxes to Caesar or not? This is a loaded question because if Jesus says, hey, look, you don't have to pay taxes, then Jesus is in trouble with the Romans. But if he says you have to pay taxes to the Romans, then he is in trouble with the Jewish people. The Jews are under the Roman occupation, Roman invaders that have come over and taken their land. So taxes weren't very popular. Uh, Even for us, I know taxes are not a popular 
at all. Property taxes, state taxes, federal taxes, it just seems like taxes will never end. And Jesus responds to their question with a question, and I love it. He says, whose image is on this coin? And it's Caesar's. So I want you to picture as you're driving down the road, just a coin with me. And that coin has Caesar's imprint on it. So Jesus says, render unto Caesar the things that belong uh, to Caesar. So if you're looking for a biblical allowance to not pay your taxes, I got to tell you, it's not there. This argument, well, our government doesn't use the money for godly purposes. That would definitely be true with Caesar as well, with the Roman Empire. By far, they were not a, a godly government following after the Lord. So we do have to render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But more importantly, then Jesus says, render unto God the things that are God's. So we're made in God's image. This is the clear point of what Jesus is saying is we have this denarius, we have this coin and Caesar's image is on the coin, but God's image is upon us. And this takes us to creation. And I want to kind of walk us through uh, creation, the creation account. And then for us to see that mankind, Adam and Eve, male and female, are the chief of God's creation and unpack what does it mean for us to be created in the image of God. This will take a few minutes, but I want to read through the creation account. Sometimes to just step back and hear it read is super powerful. So bear with me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning was the first day. Then God said, Let there be firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Then God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and so it was. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass. The herb yields seed, the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields the seed according to its kind. And the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself, according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be light in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And then let be for lights in the firmament of heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two greater lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. I love that. 
just this little comment he made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the darkness and over the night and to divide the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth night. Then God said, let the waters abound with abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So reading the creation account leading up to us being made in God's image. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over every thing on earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we're looking at the creation account, how we're made in God's image. We're going to head to a break, and then right after the break, we're going to unpack this some more. And stay with me. I think that this is going to be a real blessing for you to be reminded that you're made in God's image, but also... Everyone else around you is made in God's image as well. You're listening to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier. We're going to head to a break. Stay with me. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Hope that you're doing well, that your commute is going well. Thanks for tuning in. Want to remind you, today's show does turn into a podcast anywhere that you find your podcasts, Crosswalk Colorado Springs, and hope it's a blessing to you. Talking about being made in God's image, I just got done reading the creation account in Genesis chapter one. So refreshing, it's so powerful, it's so beautiful to think about God speaking and all of these things coming into existence. God spoke and there was light. God spoke and there was the sun and there was the moon and the stars and all of the trees and the herbs and the animals in the ocean, the animals in the sky, the birds. But he comes to Adam and Eve and he says, let us make man in our image. And this is quite a statement and it ties into what Jesus was saying and his answer to taxes. Who's on this coin? Well, Caesar's on this coin. So give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but render to God what belongs to God. So what does it mean that we're made in God's image? So God's a triune being. We know that from the scriptures, the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, but yet one. And we're triune. We're made as a triune being. We have body, soul, and spirit. And that sets us apart from the rest of the animal kingdom. We have a spirit that's going to live for all of eternity. We bear the image of God. So this makes life a valuable to, to understand that life has value because we're made in God's image. And it's really clear from this Genesis chapter one account that humanity is the chief of God's glory. We're the only ones that bear the image of God. We're given authority over the animal kingdom. This is not necessarily culturally correct, but it's biblically correct. The, the animals don't rule over us. People have greater value uh, than animals because we're made in God's image. Also, we see part of being made in God's image here is that we're created male and female. And we're going to talk about that more in, in just a moment. But part of bearing the image of God is male and female. Together, we bear God's image. And then we have the ability to create. Adam and Eve had the ability to create. This is something that also bears us in the image of God. When a husband and wife, a male and female, come together in sexual intimacy and God blesses a child, it's 23 chromosomes from mom, 23 chromosomes from dad to form one new person. It's an amazing gift of life. A little bit more detail on God uh, creating Eve is in chapter 2. God zooms in and gives us the, the close-up account. This is Genesis 2, verse 18. And the Lord said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So if you're following this Genesis narrative, this is the first time that God says, not good. It's good. He would create. It's good. He would create. It's good. But then he comes to Adam and Adam being alone. It's not good. I remember before I met my wife uh, living in an apartment by myself, I was kind of over uh, having roommates and man, my apartment was just a, a pit. Looking back, what I would allow to remain in the refrigerator was just repulsive. I'd have License plates up on the walls, decoration. So it's not good that man should dwell alone. It's not good that Adam should dwell alone. Out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. I believe that Adam was a genius. This has got to be really difficult to name all of the animals. Think of when you get a pet, how hard it is to name your pet. He names all the animals, and the animals are in pairs, male and female. And he's noticing there's no counterpart to him. There's not a helper comparable to him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from man, he made into woman and brought her to man. God puts Adam into a deep sleep. And I think this is good for those that are single, is ask the Lord to give you rest, to give you peace until he brings the right person into your life. 
Then Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. The first marriage, Adam and Eve. Think about how good they have it. There's no sin. They're experiencing their relationship with the absence of sin. They have perfect fellowship with God. God comes and fellowships with them in the cool of the day. Eve never had, you know, any difficulties wrestling with this reality of who did Adam date before. Adam didn't have the difficulty of who did Eve date before. There was no (laughs) in-laws. So it's just this amazing experience where the Lord brings them together as uh, one flesh. But what I want you to know is how quickly the image of God is attacked. So we're following the creation account. God creates in six days, creates Adam and Eve in his image. This first marriage, they're bearing God's image, male and female, in marriage. But then it's attacked. We see Satan right on the heels of this coming and bringing attack, and he has not stopped attacking the image of God. He, he hates God, so he hates us who are made in his image. So this is chapter three. Hope you're still with me, tracking with me as you're driving down the road or maybe home for the day. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? First thing that Satan does in attacking the image of God, Adam and Eve, is to try to get them to question God's word. And that's what Satan will do today. Has God really said, are you really created in God's image? Is it really important to God that we're made male and female? Is it really true that God loves you, that Jesus died for your sins, trying to get us to question the word of God? Did God really create things and bring everything into existence? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And so she responds, we can't eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we can't touch it. Now she added that to that. God never said you can't touch it, but you understand Eve added that. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here he contradicts the word, and he replaces the word. And this is Satan's way. This is his schemes, is he'll question the word, he'll contradict the word, and then he'll replace the word. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant for eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. (laughs) It looks good. It It's pleasant to the eyes. It's desirable to make one wise. So she ate of it. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Adam was there participating. The eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Adam and Eve made in the image of God. 
this beautiful marriage, they're attacked, they compromise, and sin enters into the world and enters into their relationship. And we're going to unpack this more right after the break, how Satan continues to attack us in God's image, but then also where we have hope, where God brings his love into our lives. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Thanks for joining me. We're going to head to a break. And we'll be right back on 100.7 The Word. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much for listening. Hope that you're doing well. Today we're looking at what does it mean to be made in God's image and then also how Satan attacks uh, the image of God. I was recently teaching in Luke 20 where Jesus answers the question on taxes and he says, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, but render to God the things that are are God's. We've spent some time unpacking what Genesis 1, 2, and 3 looks like with being made in God's image, Satan attacking the image of God. Well, now let's go a little bit deeper. Thanks for hanging in there uh, with me. And I think you're going to start to see how Satan continues to attack uh, the image of God. And maybe you haven't really thought about it in these uh, terms. Is abortion is an attack upon the image of God. Conception, life begins at conception. Uh, The argument with uh, abortion is it's a woman's body and and she has the right to, to choose. But scientifically, we know that when conception takes place, that a new life is being formed, and that baby has a body as well. And we care for the mother, but we also care for the baby. Why is abortion such a big issue for Christians? Why is it important to God? It's because that baby is made in the image of God. It it bears the likeness of God, and the baby doesn't have a voice, and so we stand with the baby. We're, We're an advocate for Uh, the unborn. I know this is a difficult subject that brings up a a lot of pain. Some of you listening have possibly had an abortion or participated in abortion, and I want you to know that there's forgiveness in Jesus, that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried and rose again, and how precious is the blood of the Lamb. He's able to forgive sin, and I hope you know that as you go to the Lord, he forgives you. I really appreciate Life Network here in town and their Pregnancy Resource Center, but they also have a study called Bridges of Hope uh, for women that have had an abortion or men that have participated in abortion to find healing. And I would encourage you to to reach out to them, Life Network. You can find them online and get plugged into uh, that uh, study. But abortion matters to the Lord because that baby is made in God's image. Let's consider this. In Colorado, we have medical-assisted suicide. And what that is, is if you're terminally ill, you can go to the doctor and the doctor will prescribe you a prescription where you pick it up at Walgreens or Costco and you take that prescription and it actually kills you and you, you, you die at home. It's medically-assisted suicide. So we have laws in Colorado that are pro-abortion Women can get abortions in Colorado all the way up to the moment of birth, late-term abortions. 
We also have laws for medically assisted suicide. And, and is the scripture give us direction on this? Yes, it does. Absolutely. Because that person who is terminally ill, whether it's with cancer or in their elderly years, they're made in God's image. The fact that their body is beginning to fall apart doesn't mean that they're no longer bearing the image of God. And so life doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. And so we shouldn't be taking our own life, even in the circumstance of a medical assisted suicide. Now, I know that this gets really tough. My my dad has Parkinson's disease and I watch his body just suffer and really just fall away. Uh, but yet his life has purpose and he brings so much value uh, to our family. And so we have to trust the Lord in the midst of that suffering. And God's the one who brings us into the world and he takes us out of the world in his timing. Uh, another issue that really touches on being made in God's image is suicide. I'm sure there are some listeners today where you are contemplating taking your own life. And there's a couple of lies that the enemy seems to really use. I'm sure there's a lot more than this with, with suicide is everybody around me would be better if I weren't here. And I can tell you that that is absolutely a big fat lie. Uh, I have done several funerals for those that have committed suicide and it's like an atomic bomb goes off in the hearts and minds of the family and friends. There's really nothing worse that you could do for your family than to commit suicide. It's only natural for them to wrestle with guilt that somehow this is their fault and they should have seen it uh, coming. Your family needs you. And so don't believe that lie that it's going to be better for those around you if you take your own life. And then there's this idea for believers, well, heaven's going to be so good, why would I want to stay here on earth? So I'll just go ahead and end my life so that I can go to heaven. Do you really want that to be your last thing here on earth is I, I killed myself, I, I murdered um, myself? God has, again, created us in his image. Our life doesn't belong to us. He's bought us with a price. So even if life is difficult to know that my life belongs to the Lord. And there's several in scripture that didn't want to continue living. There was Elijah, there was Jeremiah, Job struggled in a, in a great way, cursed the day of his, his birth, but they still left that decision up to the Lord. They cried out to the Lord. They gave their desperation to the Lord, but they didn't take their own life. And so if you're in that place uh, today where you're, wrestling with suicide. I want you to know that you're loved, that your life has value because you're made in the image of God. And our city, our community has really struggled with uh, suicide. One of the most heartbreaking moments of my life was to, to get a call from some friends of mine that their uh, son had committed suicide. And a good friend of mine who had pastored here at Rocky Mountain Calvary and went to start a church and in Windsor, Colorado, Calvary, uh, Windsor, and, and their son took, took his own life. And I'll never forget taking that phone call and the heartbreak of walking with Scott and Nancy through that uh, suicide. Um, so please, please hear this, that you do have people that love you, that care for you. If you need someone to reach out to, uh, please call Rocky Mountain Calvary. We're right here in the central part of the city. 
Our number is 719-597-1133. You can find us at rmcalvary.org. But I believe there's some right now where you need to take action. You need to pick up the phone. You need to call somebody and let them know that you're struggling. Oftentimes as believers, it's really hard for us to admit that we're having thoughts of suicide. That's again, a lie of the enemy. That isolation brings defeat in our lives. But when we bring it to the light, then God's able to help us. And when we bring it to brothers and sisters, they're able to bear the burden uh, with us. Again, if you're struggling with this, we would love to minister to you as a pastoral staff. You can call Rocky Mountain Calvary at 719-597-1133. When I gave this message a few weeks ago at Rocky Mountain Calvary, there were, were several that came up afterwards that said, man, I am struggling with thoughts of suicide. Would you pray with me? So you're not alone, but understand this, this is an attack from the enemy because you're made in the image of God. And Satan would love to destroy the enemy of God, just like he attacked Adam and Eve. So abortion is an image of God issue. Euthanasia, medical assisted suicide, it's an in his image issue. Suicide is a in the image of God issue. We're going to hit a big one right after we come back from the break. And it's gender confusion being made male and female. This ties into being made in God's image, that he made us a male and female. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. If you're looking for a home church, if you're searching from, if you're searching for a home church, we would love uh, to have you come visit. Uh, you can check out our website at rmcalvary.org, rmcalvary.org. We're currently going through the Gospel of Luke. Then we're going to jump into uh, the Book of Acts. We have youth ministry and children's ministry and small groups. If it's not Rocky Mountain Calvary, there's a lot of awesome churches in the city. And I encourage you to, to plug into one of our great churches. Stay with me. I hope you come back after the break because we're going to be looking at how we're made in God's image and how that impacts gender, male and female. You're listening to Crosswalk on 100.7, The Word. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Talking today about being made in God's image, that your life matters and is valuable to the Lord because you're made in His image. Of all of creation, it's only of Adam and Eve that God says that we're made in his image. So abortion is an in his image issue. Suicide, in his image issue. Euthanasia, in his image issue. But also gender confusion is as well. It's interesting in Genesis chapter 1 when God says that he created us male and female, he created us in his image. You wouldn't think that God would have to specify that Adam is male and Eve is female because it's obvious by looking at them, but he knew that we would contest gender. Of all of the things that we could contest, we would contest gender. And he says, male bears the image of God and female bears the image of God. Now, think this through with me. Satan hates the image of God. His mission statement is to rob, kill, steal, 
and destroy. Jesus came to give life and to give it more abundantly. One of the ways that God, that Satan, excuse me, is attacking us in the image of God is gender. So please hear this with me is if you are struggling with your biological gender, you're actually arguing with God because God is the one who created us and he's the one who made us and we didn't get to choose our our gender. I've got four kids and Amber and I didn't get to choose the gender of our kids. God chose that for him. So if I'm biologically male and I think that I should be female, I have an argument with God. So men, you biological men, if you live in your masculinity, you are glorifying God in his image. Women, if you live in your femininity unto the Lord, you are glorifying God in the image that he has created you. Because Satan hates the image of God, he wants to destroy gender. He wants to do away with it altogether. And that's why I believe we have this gender confusion that is taking place today. Now, I know for some that are listening, you may be wrestling with uh, your gender, and I would just encourage you to hear two things, and it's that God loves you, and we know that because he sent his son for us on the cross for our sins, and that you are created in God's image. And you're going to find life to the fullest by living in the gender that God has made you to be. And surrender that over uh, to the Lord. And as God's church, we want to make sure to be loving as we speak on this issue, but we need to be truthful that God does have a design for sexuality and that sexuality bears the image of God. So you have value, two reasons why. Number one, you're made in God's image. And number two, Jesus died for you. Those are two very powerful value statements. It's the double blessing. I'm created by God. So I want you to take a deep breath right where you're at. And remember, I'm created in God's image. Jesus died for me. I'm created in God's image. Jesus died for me. You might know that in your head, but allow it to go from your head to your heart. Allow it to sink deep in your heart that you really are loved by God. There's two times that the father speaks audibly from heaven. And he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, where they could actually hear the voice of the father. I wonder what God's voice sounds like. Wouldn't that be awesome to to hear uh, the voice of of God? We will uh, someday. But each time the father wanted us to know how much that he loves the son So that we would understand how much God loves us, that he gave his only begotten son to die for our sins upon the cross. As a parent, we feel this. There's there's nothing closer to our hearts than our own children and to to be able to see that God gave his son uh, for us. So receive that. Even if you're in a place of suffering, even if things are not going the way that you thought they should or you feel hopeless, I'm created by God. My life belongs to the Lord. I'm loved by God. He's proven it by dying on the cross for me. But there's one more step. There's one more thing that we got to cover because if we really believe that we're created in the image of God for whom Christ died, this is true of everyone around us as well. Everyone around us is created in the image of God. They bear the image of God. 
even if they're broken, even if they're struggling with sin, we were broken, we were struggling with sin, we still bore uh, the image of God. Every person that we meet is made in the image of God. And then also Christ died for them, believers and unbelievers. So as we interact with people, we need to have a biblical worldview. You maybe hear that term. What does it mean to have a biblical worldview? It's to see our lives through the lens of scripture, the truth of scripture. Know the truth and the truth will set you free. So as we view people, instead of getting angry, instead of getting frustrated, to see them Jesus has died for them. He loved them enough to go to the cross for them, and they bear uh, the image of God. They bear his, his image. I'm finding myself easily getting frustrated. There's so many things to get frustrated with. There's so much traffic. There's just craziness that's going on in our culture. There seems to be division everywhere, and it's easy to go through a day where I'm just kind of angry, and I've got this angst in my heart and my life, and That's not from the Lord. That's not that biblical worldview. A biblical worldview would be, Lord, help me to see everybody at King Supers, everybody on Academy and Powers, I-25, they're made in your image. You you died for them. This coworker, maybe that I'm frustrated with, this person that has hurt me, Jesus, you you love them and you died for them. So this is an important uh, message that we're made in his image. I want to just pray for everyone who's listening today, for our community, that, that this truth would really set in that we're made in the image of God. So, Father, we step back and we look at you as the creator. It's amazing. You spoke everything into existence. And yet, you only said of Adam and Eve that they're made in your image. I pray for each listener, Lord, that you would touch them through the power of the Spirit, that they would know that their life matters that they would know that their life is valuable uh, to you and that they bear the image of God, that they're a triune being, just like you're a triune being. May your love hit them afresh. Maybe they've never trusted your love before. May they cry out to you, believe the gospel and, and be saved. For believers, Lord, may they be reminded of the height and the depth and the width of, of your love. And we pray for these issues of life, Lord. We pray for abortion, Lord. We pray for suicide and euthanasia, Lord. We pray that you would work in all of the gender confusion that's happening. And Lord, would your message of life go out to those that are considering an abortion? I pray over those that are wrestling with suicide. Would you set them free and know that there's hope? Would they know that their life matters? It's important to you. Lord, maybe those that are chronically ill, that are are thinking about medically assisted suicide, that you would comfort them. Lord, those that are wrestling with their gender, that they would come to terms with that you created them male, you created them female, and they would find joy in walking in the gender that you have created them to be. So Lord, we love you. We thank you that you're the author of life, and would you give us passion for life? Would you bless Colorado Springs? Pray especially over this area of suicide. Lord, would you break those strongholds of suicide? May this city not be a city of death, but a city of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. If you missed a part of today's show, 
You can go to our archive, go to our podcast, Crosswalk Colorado Springs, anywhere that you find your podcasts, and check out today's program, In His Image, and please share it. This is such an important truth that, that we want all to know that we're created in uh, His image. Well, thanks so much for listening. Hope that you have a great night, that you know that the Lord's with you and that He loves you. And until next time, we will talk to you later. So have a great night. God bless you. Bye-bye. And treasures that fade are never enough. And you came along. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.